Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I don't need to tell you that life gets hard. Life gets hard, really hard. But God's faithfulness is still active and alive in our hard. And these episodes are dedicated to remembering and claiming the promises of a faithful God. I'm your host, Angie Bauman. I'm a pastor and Bible teacher, founder of Steady On Ministries, and creator of the Step-by-Step Bible Study Method. But more than that, I'm a trauma and abuse survivor who carried a heavy weight of shame and worthlessness for many years, and I still struggle, but I live in much more freedom now because I know God through His Word and speak truth to the lies of the enemy with His Word. And that's what we do here. On Mondays, we take it in by studying the promises of God, And on Wednesdays, we live it out with teaching and testimony on the promises of God. So thank you for tuning in, my friend. You are the reason for this show, and I'm so very, very glad you are here. Let's get started. Welcome, friend. Today, we're going to take it in with 1 John 4, 4, using my step-by-step Bible study method, and you will find links to a study sheet as well as videos for the step-by-step masterclass in today's show notes if you'd like to learn more. And joining me today is my friend, Katie Mason. Katie, welcome back to the Take It In episode. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here again. Yeah, I'm excited. So we are going to talk about, as I said, 1 John 4, 4. I'm going to read it in the NIV. It says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So just a brief book overview of the gospel, not the gospel, the book of 1 John. There is a gospel of John written by the same person, but this is the book of 1 John. Um, The author is actually anonymous in that it's not stated clearly in the letter, but it's widely believed to be the Apostle John. Um, The audience is communities in Asia Minor experiencing schisms. Is that how you say that, Katie? S-C-H-I-S-M-S. Is that schisms? I always pronounced it schisms. Schisms. Okay. All right. It's discord. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, turbulence in relationships. Um, they are over. John is overseeing a community of house churches around Ephesus, and mm-hmm. it's mostly Jewish followers of Jesus who had recently gone through a crisis. There were people who were breaking off of the new Christianity at that time and no longer acknowledging Jesus as Messiah. And there was this like conflict that was being stirred up. And the Bible project says that this is a letter um, that is to try to have some damage control, right? This is John doing damage control for what's going on in the church. And so in some ways it's not encouraging, but then to me, other ways it is encouraging to know that this has always been a part of faith communities, right? There's always like people wanting to do something different. There's always uh, schisms in relationships, discord in relationships. And there's also always this opportunity to get back on the right path. The date of the writing, yeah, the date of the writing is around AD 85, and the major themes in the book are preserving truth, false teaching, God's character, Christ's centrality, and Christian discipleship. So we're going to be hanging out in chapter four, which has 21 verses in it, and the Enduring Word Commentary um, labels this chapter, Abiding in God and His Love. We're going to be in the section of the chapter that talks about the spirit of truth and protection against the spirit of error. And then finally, in the verse, verse four, that talks about the protection of the child of God. So one more time, here it is in the NIV. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them 
false teachers, them being the false teachers and the evil spirits or the evilness that encourages teachers to teach falsely, if you will. That's the them. Okay. So the evil um, and the people, um, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Okay. So start us off. Step one is choose our word and get us going, Katie. Okay, so the word today is overcome. So there was a a lot more definitions than I thought there were going to be, but some that stood out was to get the better of, which I thought that's not always an obvious um, thing. Um, Sometimes our best revenge is just living well, not necessarily gloating about how we've overcome. Mm -hmm. Um, Also to win as in a battle uh, or prevail to overwhelm with emotion, um, and to overflow or surcharge. So some of the opposites were to lose to, to fall to yield or succumb to, uh, I thought taking a licking against, I thought that was funny, uh, to give way to, um, or come up short against. As you're talking, I'm already getting this or either of your boys wrestlers by any chance. No, no, my boys are um, not. Go ahead. Yeah, I've I know about wrestling. Yes, I my boys are not wrestlers either. They're sports people, but not wrestlers. But I have this um, image in my mind as you're talking, because I see this sometimes with wrestlers, right? Like somebody's on somebody else's back and it looks like they're going to take that person down. But then the one underneath them somehow, I don't know, they get they get the upper hand or whatever. And then they flip this person that's on their back over. I get this visual as we're talking about overcoming, because a lot of times when we're overcoming, you said to get the better of like, it seems like we're down, right. Or it seems like something's going to take us down. But then there's this idea when we connect to the power of the Holy spirit, when we connect to the power that is God in us, Mm -hmm. then we're able to sort of flip that thing that's threatening to take us down and we become we the power of the spirit really but we become the victor over it yeah yeah Yeah. so step two is to investigate and i'm going to start in part one which is compare the word and other translations and i found a couple of different things um the amplified said defeated and overcome the csb said conquered the gw won the victory over the TLB won your fight with, the message won a big victory over, and the NLV said stood against and had power over, stood against. I like that one maybe because my word for the year is stand. And so it, it keeps coming up in different ways, right? Like it just kind of <laughs> keeps coming in and I'm like, okay, you can stand against something um, because you have the power in you of the Lord Jesus Christ in order to be able to do so. I tend to, when something is threatening me or when I, when I guess when I feel threatened by something, my initial tendency is to shrink back. And so, and to think of like, to talk myself through it or to really not like feel like I have the ability to stand strong in it. And the Lord is really inviting me to remember you don't feel, you want to shrink back and be small because you think you have to do it and you know, you can't, but here's the thing. You don't have to do it, right? You can stand strong because I can do it. I, God, right? Um, And he's really trying to teach me something about that right now. And even though it's uncomfortable for me, I'm really trying hard to lean in and be like, what does this look like in my life? Yeah. 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 100%. 
So yeah. part two of investigate is to research the original word and help us out with that, Katie. What'd you find when you did a little digging? Okay. So the word um, from the Greek is nikaou, um, which I thought was fun. Um, and it is an indicative verb, which means it's happened. It is happening and will continue to happen. Ooh, I love um, that. Yeah. Like it's an active occurrence. It's not something that happens once or if we really try hard enough, it's a continual happening. Mm. Um, it's plural, meaning that all of us in the body of Christ with the Holy Spirit in us have access to this occurrence of overcoming. Um, so then to conquer further, like we come off victorious and then spe specifically about Christ himself, he is victorious over all. Um, and then continuing with our victory through Christ, we um, were victorious over death, over temptation, over persecution. And all of that, of course, when we remain faithful, abiding within the Lord. And like you said, through his power, we will win the case and maintain our cause, yeah. um, the cause of Christ. And that just was like, yes, when I yes was doing, yes. <laughs> yeah, when I was working on this last week, I was like, okay, yeah, I don't know why I curl up under my desk when things get hard. Like that's one of those tattoo it on my forehead and make a cross stitch mm -hmm. for my wall. Cause yeah. Well, and you said yeah. that we all have access to it, which I, I go back to that wrestling image. That's just so clear in my mind right now. I'm like, are you telling me that the smallest among us, right? Mm, this makes mm -hmm. me emotional. The weakest among us, the most, the ones that feel like we're the most broken among us, actually, we all have access to this. So it doesn't matter how big the guy is. It doesn't matter how heavy or how smart or how experienced or anything like actually um, we all have access to this ability to overcome and be victorious. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had this note from the TDNT that says the reference of the image is to a superiority obvious to all, but the truly decisive victory, which the parable seeks to illustrate does not rest on the achievement of man, but mm -hmm. on that of Christ. I just liked, mm -hmm. I liked that about this word. They're, they're saying like, this is something that everybody can see. We can see that right. guy got flipped off, you know, of the littler guy, if you will, everybody can see it, but it rests on not the ability of the little guy and the achievement of the little guy. It rests on the ability of Christ. Yeah. 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 Well, part three is to read a little bit of commentary. I have a couple of notes from the enduring word that I liked so much. It says, um, the child of God need not fear the spirit of antichrist, even though they should be warned of it because they have the indwelling spirit of God. That indwelling spirit is greater than he who is in the world, Satan and all of his allies. You know, it's, I don't know, it feels kind of weird sometimes to talk about the evil or the spirits or the antichrist, because I think a lot of times, at least in America, like the people talking about this, that feel like a little wackadoodle, you know what I mean? Like, it's just mm -hmm. like, that's kind of out there. But the reality is, I mean, we are told in scripture that evil is real and that we are not fighting a war of man, right? That there is a war raging around and, and for us even, you know, and this reminds us that even when 
we are tempted to believe the lies, which leads to behavior that is sinful, which leads to death, right? Like when, even when we are in that temptation, as you said earlier, we can be victorious over that. We can overcome that. We have what we need as a believer in Christ. If you believe in Christ, you have everything you need to be victorious over whatever threatens you. Um, Yeah. I liked also, it says that earlier in the letter, this is still an enduring word, earlier in this letter, 1 John, John brought up the idea of the world and its threat to the Christian life. He presented the world not as the global earth or the mass of humanity, which God himself loves. Instead, it is the community of sinful humanity that is united in rebellion against God. Here, John suggests that there are forces of spiritual darkness that guide and influence the world. I think that's an important distinction as Christians, because we often say, like, if we let the world influence us or in the world or in the, as if everything in the world is negative, right? Right. Not right. The world was created um, by Mm -hmm. our creator. We are created in the image by our creator. You know, we are in the world and yet there definitely is a force in the world um, that would drag us away from the promises of faithfulness to God, our creator. Right. Right. And, but I think it's, for me, it's important not to just feel like everything is bad. Right. It's that balance. I think of uh, you know, every time a door slams, that's the enemy trying to frighten you to the extreme of, well, I can just explain this away um, as a natural phenomenon, but really it's the tension of having spiritual awareness. And that's why we need the Holy spirit. And that's why we need to be in our, our Bibles and understanding what is truth and what he says. I mean, yes, there's broken and nasty things in our world, but there's also beautiful things that point us back towards God, right? Sunsets, flowers, even a rainstorm is beautiful and shows us the power and nourishment of our God with us. And I was reading, um, Sir Ian Thomas is is a theologian and he wrote a book called the saving life of Christ. And when we, when we accept Christ, but refuse to live in his power, he calls that living in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. comparing us to the Israelites who knew they had a promised land to go to, and why, why do we do that? Why do we do we do, do we, that? I don't know, because yeah. I mean, what, but the enemy doesn't have to like make us turn a hundred percent away from God. He just needs to make us doubt him. And I yeah. think I said that last time, like, we don't, we don't have to be convinced to step into everything we hate to not follow God. All, all we need to do is get comfortable and be able to explain things in a quote unquote rational way, yeah. right? We are so quick to want to know that we forget the mystery of who God is and that, that that's the mystery. That's his power. Like that's Wait. the Holy spirit in us. We don't, we don't have to understand. We don't have to get it to rest in that authority over our lives. I love what you just said. We're so quick to want to know that we forget or we let go of the mystery of God. I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I love that. Like our, our desire to have answers will stunt the work of the Holy spirit in our lives. Mm. Like, and, and because we're just like, actually that's so uncomfortable to be in that. I don't know spot. So I will choose a cheaper, lesser answer mm. that I can hang on to than the beauty and the power that is in the risen Christ that you're inviting me to explore. That's yeah. 
which is why some, we walk around unsatisfied so often. I say this often, the enemy knows he can't unsave us. So he works to unsatisfy us. And mm-hmm. that is what he does. And so if we, if, if he can sort of satisfy us with lesser answers, which unsatisfies us in the abundance that Christ offers, then that's a win for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Part four of the investigate step is to try to rewrite the verse in our own words. I'm going to read the verse again in the original NIV. You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. How did you rewrite that, Katie? Okay. I said, you my champions of Christ are from God, the one who is victorious over all his foes. You have, are, and will continue to get the better of those who come against you. You will not yield to them because your God is prevailing over those in this world that desire for you to fall to them. Mm, I love that. Those are just powerful, power-packed words. You know, I was thinking as we were talking and you were reading that just now. Uh, we were talking, friend, before we pressed record that Katie and I have a an unfortunate connection in, in a relationship struggles that are just kind of hard sometimes. And I was expressing kind of my most recent in- interaction with the, with the relationship that was a little bit hard. And here's what I know to be true as we talk, as we continue to talk about spiritual things, because that conversation got hard, it invited me to doubt the effectiveness of my ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what is happening. And do as, as you said, it's so important for us to be in our Bibles and to know these things, because part of what I could say is, yeah, part of this ineffectiveness is because this person said this or, or this feeling of ineffectiveness. I mean, like this temptation to believe that it's ineffective um, is because of what this person said. But really, it's about the fact that the enemy is using what this person said and jumping up and down on my insecurity to try to mm-hmm. discourage me and and tell me that what I'm doing isn't worth anything, so I'll quit because it is worth something, right? Like that's the yeah. real point. And can I recognize that for what it is and fight it with the right power, not being mad at the relationship or even the conversation or something, not that there's nothing there to be warranted, but ultimately to say actually what this is, is the enemy jumping up and down on my insecurity. And I know how to speak to that. Because I am yeah. called um, to do the work for the Lord Jesus Christ and his power is in me because the the Bible, the scripture tells me so. And I think that's that that's that overcome that we're talking. That's how we, the little guy, flip the big guy by knowing, actually, I see this for what it is. Now, the bad thing is sometimes it just really catches me off guard and I don't see it for what it is, but I'm learning right? more. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that goes back to discernment and mm-hmm. taking time and space, not filling up, you know, with all the other busy, important things we're supposed to do. Sometimes yeah. that work we're supposed to do is take the space to separate out. Like, yes. what is this about? How are my emotions um, while valid? Maybe they're being manipulated in a way to block what the Lord wants me to see or, or what is the Lord teaching me through yes. this? to sugarcoat everything and make everything about the positive because sometimes it's hard and it it's really hard. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, that's why it's important to, to leave space yeah. for processing as yeah. well. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Okay. So step three is to find the character of God. And here are a couple of things that I wrote down that I see about God in this, that he is powerful, that mm-hmm. nothing on earth defeats him. Nothing. Um, that he is a shield and a strength 
from things not of God that would try to scare me or doubt or, you know, turn me into a a doubter of God, if you will. Mm -hmm. And that he is faithful, that I am strong in him because his strength is in me. He says this is true and keeps his promises and I can believe them. He is faithful. He doesn't like forget that this is a day that I'm like under attack or something. He doesn't think, well, you know, I, he's not going to show up differently. Like every time I call on him is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Every time I call on him, every time I recognize that it's an attack, I can say, oh, I know, I know this. I know what to do. He is faithful and he is good. And I can do this right now. Um, There's never any delay on his part. Uh, It's always available. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Step four is to identify the lie of the enemy, um, which is always some version of be afraid. And so as you were thinking about this, Katie, what is one of the things that you're like, oh, this is something that is a temptation sometimes that makes it hard to do this or believe this? Um, The lie that revealed itself to me was that um, I can be defeated, Mm -hmm. that I should just give up, Yeah, that um, it's not worth it to keep fighting because it it is hard work if yes. I'm doing it on my own, if I'm trying to carry that armor and swing a sword, I like to lay on my couch. I don't have the strength on my own to this um, guy on my back is heavy, right? Yeah. 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 And that, um, somehow our God isn't fighting for us. He's got yeah. bigger, bigger things to fight against. Um, and that we have to wait for some as yet undetermined event receive his power. Like we have to, if I just do this, then I'll have full access. If I can just get rid of this, then I'll be able to tap in fully to God's power. And that's, those are just lies. Those are lies. Yes, it is. They are lies. And I know I struggle with those kind of lies, especially when I feel like I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm in the same space Mm. again. Like I thought we already overcame this, or I thought we already did this. And what you were saying earlier about there being a new lesson, sometimes it's like, oh, it's not that we didn't do it before. We did do it before, but we're going to do it again because there's either more that you need to know, or you've gone back into a habit of counting on yourself or Mm -hmm. you just, you know, whatever the case. And, um, and, and yeah, and that can be discouraging when we're like, this guy is still heavy, whatever the, whatever the guy is. Right. And today I don't, I don't know if I even, it's not worth it. I like that you said that actually, sometimes it's like, I just don't want to fight this hard. And I do find when I feel weary or discouraged, it's most often because I'm focused internally on what I can or cannot do. Yeah. 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 So step five is just called, so what, where we talk about a takeaway. And I wrote down this as a takeaway when something is being said, done, or taught that is against what I know to be true of God. I can stand firm on what I know to be true. Even if others seem to be convinced, I know him and I can trust him. And I, I wrote this thing down just to myself because I, I write this thing, um, trust your work, Angie, or I, mm-hmm. I say this thing, trust your work. And what I mean by that is sometimes I have been told that my understanding of God isn't accurate or isn't right. Mm-hmm. And that can plant these seeds of doubt or my, my calling from God isn't right. Um, and that's hard for me because when someone with a loud voice questions my relationship with God even though like, I'm sure it makes me not, it's like, I believe help me in my unbelief. And I feel like the, one of the things that God says to me when I bring those doubts to him is trust your work, Angie, 
trust the moments that we have set together and you have written what I've told you and you've studied my word and you've heard my voice. You didn't make that up. Like you didn't, you know, trust your work. And it's not really work. I don't know, but that's how, that's that like mantra sometimes I have when that helps me overcome when I'm doubting, uh, when I'm doubting him or when I'm doubting myself. And he says, remember, remember how close we are. Remember how much I know you and how much you know me and don't let something else upset that, you know, in your heart. So how about you, a takeaway? Yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that when you are confronted with something, your response is to shrink away. Um, I have the opposite. Um, I want to stand up and like yell louder Mm. um, because I learned at some point in my life that it was the loudest that got attention. Um, And as I read this and again, come back to the ideas of he is the victor. He is the, the champion. I overcome because of his spirit in me. I learned to sit down and um, to be behind my Lord, not in front of him. He doesn't need me to fight for him. Yes, I am called to stand up for the cause of Christ, but I am not called to fight. I'm yeah. called to put on the armor of God and read his word and stand on that truth. Yeah. And so, so for me, um, it's to know what his truth is. And then also it's about rest. It's about surrender, right? We don't, we get weary in battle because it's hard work, but, um, we also find rest in that we have, we have camaraderie with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have more than that though. We have the Holy spirit who knows us, who knows us deeply and what we need to fight. He shores us up and, isn't just filling in our gaps. He is our new self that is fighting. And that is, um, that's my, so what? Yeah. I love that. And I like how I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful for your sharing that because it's just a, it's a look at how God works in both of us in very mm-hmm. different ways to help like illustrate overcoming, you know, sometimes for us, it is overcoming means to step out and trust and take a stand or stand or whatever. And sometimes it is actually don't move so fast or pull Mm. back a little bit or trust me to have the words or, you know, and I think that, uh, and both are absolutely, um, ways that he works in his children to illustrate this overcoming. So, Hey, thanks for doing this with me today. I love doing this with you. Same. We would love to hear your takeaway, friend. If you have one, you can email me anytime at steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, I would be grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever directory you use to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll receive every episode. And I encourage you to tune in this week on Wednesday for the Live It Out episode. Um, Stephen Snook will be my guest and Stephen will talk to us about nearly two decades in prison doing major drug deals at a very young age of like 19 years old. And he will talk to us about how he met and got to know Jesus while he was in prison and uh, the darkness that he experienced uh, dealing drugs, um, smuggling drugs, his time in prison. It was, it was an uncomfortable conversation for me at times. And yet I'm so very, very glad that I had it. So that's going to be a great episode that um, drops on Wednesday of this week. And again, I just want to thank you so much for listening. And I pray, friend, that wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.